ultimately the good that came from it was unlike anything I could conjure up myself or anything I could conjure up in my mind for it. What God did through that injury um, for me was it is really a miracle in itself. Game of Lifers, how we doing out there? This week, we are jumping back into the NBA with a very good friend of mine, Mr. Landry Fields. Now, you can look at Landry from a lot of different lights, which most people do. Great NBA shooter, promising career cut short by injuries, the couch lender of the Lynn's Sanity Madness in New York, Stanford educated, savvy Spurs scout, Man, that's a tongue twister right there. But that's just who Landry is on the surface. And, of course, all great things, but he is much more than that, much deeper. One of the most genuine, kind, truly caring people that you will ever meet in the NBA. And probably in life in general, to be honest. And I've been very blessed to be able to develop a close relationship and a brotherhood with Landry. And you know how they say you are the sum of the five people you hang out with? That's exactly why I keep Landry around. No, but seriously, you are going to find out on this podcast exactly why Landry is going to be a GM or head coach in the NBA and why he is basically the epitome of Spurs culture. You're going to hear that in depth, all about it, and much, much more. Like what made Landry do on a daily basis the things that made himself better every single day what his routines were turning a potential lifetime negative the injury into a thriving positive he's definitely a glass half full kind of guy transitioning from player to front office what scouts are really looking for in the ever so tantalizing word of potential and why Landry's joy is not determined by his circumstances and exactly who he puts his trust and hope in and of course for you game of lifers especially a lot of juicy behind the scenes nba stories so get ready buckle up because part one the game of life podcast with landry fields coming at you right now i really like doing these podcasts like i've been like it's funny that you you reach out to people and just ask them to come on the podcast and Mm -hmm. but like People that you don't even know that'll be like whatever it might be will want to come on because they want to just I mean people like getting on podcasts apparently. <laughs> yes. I Some just, about those podcasts, man. <laughs> I guess. I just take I just whoever I want to learn from, I just pretty much have come on this thing. <laughs> yeah, they're I mean, they're great. They're good just a good medium for people to learn from too. I know how much I listen to and yeah. appreciate podcasts. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Cool, man. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me okay, by yeah, the way? I got you. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Got the recorder going, Mike. All good. All right. The moment you realized you were in the NBA, what stands out to you the most of just uh, just a moment that really, really stands out as, hey, I'm in the NBA. This is this is me. <laughs> Starting off with a bang. I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever. Off with a bang. As uh, as pertinent as that question is, I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, right, good. Nice. So good job there. <laughs> I would say it, it's it, this might be a little uh, unconventional with with its. Well, I first realized that I was in the NBA when on Twitter I got followed by somebody with a verified account. <laughs> That's when I knew I was in the NBA. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I was like freaking out because I was just 
you know, covering it as a college kid. Yeah. You just, you just don't come across that kind of stuff. So when it like, you know, the push notifications show up on your phone, it's like, you've been followed by so-and-so. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this all about? Like I was new to Twitter. And so I think that was when I realized I'm like, oh man, I guess I'm in the NBA now. Was there any times on the court that stood out to you? Like your garden Kobe or someone of that magnitude? Yeah. Yep. It's a little different um, than the pac 12. Yeah, definitely. You know, you hit the nail on the head right there. Guarding Kobe, because uh, I grew up a huge Lakers fan, grew mm-hmm. up a huge Kobe fan. Um, for the first time, guarding him was special to me. Uh, I actually have a picture in my office here of me and Kobe, and I'm guarding Kobe. I think that's, that's only cool. fitting, right? Not gar- not Kobe guarding me. Like, <laughs> that would just that'd be wrong on like so many basketball levels. Like, no, he he has this look in his eye where he's like i don't even see this kid in front of me um and me like you can see the back of my head but i promise it's me it says fields on the jersey but i'm guarding him and so um it's a special picture for me and definitely when i was in the nba on the court that was a moment where i was like this is pretty awesome did you get the stop you shut him down on the play um that play i don't know it was all a blur you know what was interesting too is the NBA made a commercial with Kobe, and I was guarding him, except this time it was in New York. Wow, and, nice. of course, like Kobe, like he's doing a shake and bake. He does like a half spin, half spin, goes left baseline, does another half spin, and then goes and does a, a half spin towards the baseline for a fadeaway. And he shoots it over me, and I'm, I'm giving a great contest, just, just <laughs> perfect in its technique. And, and then the ball goes right in front of the rim, and then the commercial stops. It doesn't show that the ball never went into the rim. He missed that shot. But oh. it just looked like he was just giving me fits with his half spin. And, like, and everybody's hit me up on Twitter like, oh, man, did you see that commercial? Kobe was killing you. I'm like, he missed the shot. <laughs> Like, trust me, I wanted it to go in too. I love Kobe, but he missed the shot. Man, I personally think that I think the commercial was about your contest of how well you you got a hand in the face. That's probably what it was really about. People just I'm sure everybody way. was thinking that. Yeah. Oh, look at that defense. That guy. Who is that guy? What's what's his name? Who is that guy? That's too funny, man. Hey, so you kind of went the unconventional route of what now people would think of for NBA. They think one and done. If you're able to leave after one year, get out of there. You went four years to Stanford getting a great education. Probably were, I mean, you were you were definitely underrated coming out of college. What was the nickname they gave you? Skills? Because they didn't think you were <laughs> athletic enough or didn't think you had the, uh, the NBA build per se. But man, what you did is coming out as a second round draft pick and and going the unconventional route to the NBA. Just I mean it's it's uh it's very motivating. All right. Welcome back to the Game of Life podcast. We've got Jeremy Lin on. Jeremy, what's going on? The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. He's like the eye of the hurricane. Because in the middle of the hurricane it's really calm. And so Michael never tried to stop all the madness around him. What he learned was he just got calm in the middle of it. Stealing that pass at Staples, I was like, dude. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Give Kobe a little glance after that. What's up? Uh, You want to be that person that when they walk into a room, that people are happy to see you. Talk to me about working with Ronaldo. You helped coach Ronaldo to become a great sleeper. 
a human test tube. Thank you, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that's like one notch up from being a human guinea pig. They'll take it. In a good uh, way. And I just pray, man. Like, I just pray and I just thank God for, for everything. The moment you realized, man, I'm in the NBA. Oh, man, that was from day one. That was the the... The day I got drafted, when I heard my name being called... Buckle up, the Game of Life podcast coming at you, where we bring to you the behind-the-scenes lives of NBA players, business-savvy entrepreneurs, and top-level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. Give us a little a bit of background on yourself growing up. Like, How did you develop this type of mindset that you're going to prove everybody wrong? Oh man! Well, childhood um, stories or something dominating brothers. <laughs> I actually did not have any of that. Um, okay, well. you definitely did your homework. You know, only a few people have called me skills as an interviewer, um, as a professional yeah, here. I you do did my a good homework. job there. That was my nickname at Stanford, um, which was coined by Taj Finger, and the only person I've still heard me call her call me that today is Mitch Johnson who was an assistant coach with Austin. But anyway, a little background is I grew up, man, playing basketball, playing baseball, surfing, and skateboarding. Like, I enjoyed all of it. Um, I was torn in eighth grade between a professional career in basketball and skateboarding, even though I probably couldn't have been a professional. I, I really loved skateboarding. But I was so afraid of my AAU coach at that time um, <laughs> to tell him, like, I knew I was going to get hurt skateboarding. But for yeah. me, it wasn't the fear of getting hurt. It was the fear of telling that AAU coach that I got hurt <laughs> skateboarding. I don't know why. So I was like, okay, I just stopped skateboarding after that. So I'm like, okay, basketball it is. So I was just playing all through high school. And, man, I was never like a big-time recruit. In my heart, of course, I wanted to play in the NBA. And I was trying to work. Um and, and 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 back up that mindset with right. with the action, um, but man, yeah, you see these one and dones in in college today. But like, I never had that mindset. Like, I knew I wasn't a one and done going into college. For me, especially that first summer getting to Stanford, it was a humbling experience because these guys were like grown men to me, and sure. I just was like, man, I hope it, I hope I make it through practice today. Like. Those first two months of practice, I'm like, I hope I make it through practice. Like, these guys are killing me. And so, I mean, I played sporadically my freshman year. wasn't that much. And then a little bit my sophomore year. Then we had a coaching change. And then that's when I kind of got my first real big opportunity under Johnny Dawkins. Mm -hmm. Um, So I stepped into a starting role as a junior. And we still had four other players uh, on the court that were seniors. And they were like, these are great players. And so... By the time I get done with that and they leave, now it's kind of like, well, you know, those are our four primary guys. Now some other guys have got to step up during my senior year to kind of take over the scoring role and, and leading the team. Um, and so I, I think I stepped into that role and ultimately just continued to develop over the course of four years. So it wasn't anything of like, you know, I had to prove everybody wrong or I played with a chip on my shoulder. I got kicked last in dodgeball. So I'm going to prove everybody right <laughs> in the NBA. No, no stories like that. Yeah. It was just simply over time, uh, enjoying the process. Of course, sometimes it was so difficult and so hard. I mean, you got Stanford in the education side and academics and trying to master that in whatever right. form you can, just kind of like getting by because it was so difficult. But then also the basketball side too. So, 
um, a lot of growing, a lot of character development through those times. And ultimately, yeah, did did get drafted. And uh, yeah, the rest was history from that point. So first off, I think you missed your calling in skateboarding. Like I could definitely see you and Tony Hawk just crushing it in the X Games. So I'm bad not gonna choice. lie, man. Yeah. For six seven, I can do some things right now. I go to the local skate park and I shred. Do you really? Do you still get out there? I do. I know you t- oh, oh yeah, dude, for I sure. Count, in fact, check that out. Dude, when I was done playing, a skateboard was one of my first purchases because I knew I couldn't skateboard, obviously, playing yeah, basketball. Right. That's a breach of contract. Right. We've seen how the horror stories of that <laughs> yeah. for some guys. So I wasn't going to jeopardize any of that. But once I was like officially done, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start surfing again and I'm going to start skateboarding. And it's, they're both great exercises. So, Dude, how often do you go surfing? I, I went out in, in Maui and finally picked it up and finally learned like the fourth time I've gone and I just got addicted mm-hmm. to it. It's like the – it's the coolest feeling when you can finally get up and actually make some moves on there. You right. Go often? So, um, so I grew up, I grew up surfing. Okay. Um, yep. My wife You're and I, no, I'm not. No, that, that is not true. <laughs> you, if if you can I, get up, you're a pro to me. I, I can get up. So okay. we moved, we moved from Toronto when I was done there to Manhattan beach here in California. Uh-huh. And I lived like a walks, uh, like a small walk to the beach. So I was able to surf like every day. And then we moved away from there to Orange County. I'm a little bit further from the beach, so I don't get to surf as much. But getting in the water and like you're describing, getting up on a board and just taking that wave from from out there to to uh, you know to the sand is is exhilarating, man. It is so fun. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. I'm I'm down. I'm serious. I, I, gotta, okay. I need I need an excuse to get back out there. I just live too not too far, but okay. it's like just far enough where you're like, dang, I really gotta make a decision here. <laughs> All right, so here's what we do. Here's the plan. Like teachers and other people get to take year sabbaticals. I think basketball coaches, scouts, we should be able to take a year sabbatical. So after the season, year off, surfing, we'll go shred some waves all over the world. How about that? I'm I'm down. You know, I don't know if that's good for current NBA players because taking a year off in basketball, you might get left behind. But hey, yeah. do your thing. <laughs> yeah, shoot. I mean, the players can keep playing. I mean, coaches and scouts and front office and stuff. We get the year. That That's would be true. Cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Really cool to like go around and just take a year off and just go learn from everybody. I would. Lo- I would love to do that. Yeah. Let's go to India. Okay. I don't I mean. I- Sure. I don't know who we're going to learn basketball-wise or surfing over there, really, but we'll have some good chai tea and Indian food. I don't know either, but that was like a real <laughs> Bill. That was like a real Bill Walton comment. Right there. <laughs> some random far-off land. <laughs> yeah, but he would have just put it in the great watching a Grateful Dead concert there, or some kind of craziness. I have to listen to him all the time. <laughs> it's like it's he's like literally listen like watching a car wreck happen in slow motion. Like you really can't take your eyes off it. And you, you want to not listen to him, but it just you can't you can't help it. I know. At first, I didn't like it. Now I'm like, hey, this guy. I find myself listening to him. It's like I can't stop. I can't not watch a Kardashian, or I can't not watch or listen to what Levar Ball is saying. Yeah, Gosh, I can't turn away. Exactly. I'm sucked in. <laughs> oh man! On that note, with India, we could go over there and do a. Uh, do a mission trip. I've been over to India and Africa doing mission trips. So if you want to go over there, we could do that. Dude, I would that would be great. I know some people that have gone and done that. Man, they it's they've a, come back, you know, obviously a lot that what they'd seen and and uh man, yeah, that would be something good to do. Quick break in the podcast to tell you about our sponsor this week. 
And since we are high-level achievers and learners here on the Game of Life podcast, we're going to keep it rolling with Audible. Check out audibletrial.com backslash Game of Life. Get your free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial. And I'll tell you what, I read a book every single day because of this. Okay, no, I don't really. I know you have a lot of speed readers out there telling you that they do. Yeah, maybe not. But it's really good for whenever you're traveling, going on a walk, maybe on the plane, in the car, just to pop in a book, Audible, and listen to it up. And this week, my book I'm popping in the headphones is Open, a biography life story told by Andre Agassi. Let me just tell you, this will probably be the best book that you've read, maybe ever. A lot of people go into it thinking, eh, we'll see. Check it out. Andre Agassi, crazy life story to get where he got. But you can only check that out at audibletrial.com backslash game of life. Free audio download and 30-day free trial. Get your learning on here. All right, let's jump back into the second half of the podcast. Part one, Game of Life podcast with Landry Fields. If you thought the first half was interesting, you have a treat in for you for the second half. Here we go. Speaking on that, just just going off that, you and uh, Jeremy Lin are good friends too. Jeremy's a good friend of mine, and and both of you guys are some of the best players and overall people that I've seen being able to put Christ first in their life, having Christ drive everything that they do on court, off court, and how how was that? How'd that play out in the NBA? Is in the NBA, it's not really a league that is super Christ centered, but you, you be, as you know, you being able to put Christ as your number one and just being able to, I don't know, see like, like going through daily struggles, like how did it get you, get you through that? Or, or just, just talk a little bit on your, your commitment and relationship and walk with Christ in the NBA. Yeah. Well, it, to be completely honest, I Good. did not real have. I did not, not real have. <laughs> I promise I went to Stanford. <laughs> I, I, but what you? What's your GPA? Uh, that doesn't matter. Ah. So no, I did okay. <laughs> so I, uh, I did not have a strong faith um, mm-hmm. while I was in the NBA. In fact, Jeremy was the first person that I was around who I can genuinely say had a Christ-centered walk, um, even while being in the NBA. But for me, the extent of my theology was um, Jesus was like my my golden ticket to heaven. And there's just – that is just so flawed in its thinking. And the way that acts itself out um, will be flawed too. And ultimately, that is kind of the fruit of my actions uh, or the fruit of that thought process that I had. And so – um, definitely, you know, I could talk the talk a little bit, um, but I definitely wasn't walking the walk. And Jeremy yeah. was the first person that kind of came into my life. And I think God used him to blow up that whole, um, frankly, false ideology. And, uh, you know, it, it was, there was this time where we were on the road and, you know, we, we were going to go, we got some guys to go to dinner and I go and knock on Jeremy's door and I say, and he answers, he's like, I'm like, Hey man, we're going to go to dinner. Like, do you want to come? And then maybe afterwards we'll go and have a few drinks. And we were 21. So mm-hmm. everybody knows that. And <laughs> he's like, you know what? Uh, he's like, no guys, um, I can't, I gotta, I gotta, 
I get my quiet time in. And to me, I'm like, quiet time? Like, what what the heck does that mean? <laughs> like, dude, you know Jesus. Like, cool, you accept the cross. I know Jesus. I accept the cross. Like, let's go. We got it. But in my mind, like, I was forgetting this whole repentance process and yeah. centering my life on, on Christ, um, unlike what... <laughs> Jeremy was doing. And so that was the start. That was like the little seed that was planted in me. And I think That's now cool. it's grown into something um, where I can truly say, oh, you know, I, I am saved, you know, not on anything yeah. of my own accord, but to walk this life, to follow Jesus um, is the best life you can have here and now. Um, heaven is not something that is a future event. Nice. There are yep. future portions to it, but Jesus talks about the kingdom here and now. You can experience heaven-like uh, walks and living here and now. Um, and so, Jeremy was a big part of that for me. That's that's a really that's really cool, man. I, I like that when people you ask people if they want to go to heaven, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, I want to go to heaven." And but why wouldn't you want to live here and now? Because in heaven, you're going to be living with Christ. You're going to be with Him all the time. So why wouldn't yeah. you want to be here and now? have this be heaven and living with Christ here and now on earth. Cause I mean, right. it'd be a hell if you, if you don't like, if you don't follow Christ and you don't want to live for Christ here on earth and then you got to go hang with him in heaven all the time. No, <laughs> That's a good point. no. Yeah. And you know, and to that point, the church at large right now has this interesting thought process when it comes to heaven. It's kind of like, okay, I live life, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm following Jesus. I die. I'm in heaven for eternity with Christ. But you know, the Bible actually says more than that. Like that's not, it's not necessarily wrong, but it's, it's incomplete. It's Mm -hmm. more so God is in the business of not just renewing spiritual things, but material things as well. So heaven and earth, the Bible talks about a new heaven and new earth. So actually we are going to be eternally human forever in a new heaven and a new earth. It's, going to be a point of merging where God's dimension, quote unquote, of heaven is going to combine with earth. And that's when Jesus will reign. But in our minds, we think we're going to be going to heaven and sitting on clouds with baby butts and playing harps <laughs> for eternity. And it's like, no, that is the worst picture of heaven. Like, yeah. if that's heaven, I don't want to go. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't want that. No, it's like, imagine a whole new earth just without yeah. sin, without brokenness, without suffering, without pain, without any evil or wickedness. And living like that, like to me, that is that is a future that I want to cling to because I personally experienced some of the good of that here and now amongst all of that evil and pain and suffering. So I think the church at large needs a little bit of a, yeah. a reformation with that. <laughs> I, co- I completely agree with you. And along with along with heaven, there will, there will be an endless buffet, like a Bellagio buffet up there, too. Pretty, oh, for pretty sure. Pretty convinced. Of what? That. I'm pretty sure Jesus in his resurrected body was eating fish and just sneaking through doors and whatnot. Like, can you imagine what we're going to do with glorified bodies? I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty sick. We're talking about superheroes. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yeah, man, you you and Jeremy, just, just through seeing your interactions, you guys being good friends, seeing your interactions with people and how much of a light you are of Christ and just the way you treat people on a daily basis is, is really cool, man. And, and growing the kingdom in the NBA, that's a huge platform that you have. And it's cool that you're on that mission, man. 
I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Proud of you. And you've you've been through some ups and downs in in your career. I mean, came into the NBA is overrated, or sorry, not overrated. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're a top. No, I'm I for you're, sure. Oh, I'm the overrated chant on you right now. <laughs> No, that was a Freudian slip. I know exactly how you feel. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. This dude sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang it, it slipped. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely underrated as a second round draft pick and just had, I mean, a breakout rookie year in November and December. You're rookie of the rookie of the month honors. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, and, and and then I mean, you had that 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 high, but also having the the lows dealing with the injuries and. And everything that came about with that in Toronto as you had such a bright, I mean, you know it, you had such a bright future ahead of you, especially the way the league was going as far as more three-point shooting, three and D. And I mean, my opinion, you were probably the best in the league at that. Mm-hmm. What, what ways did you deal with? Let's, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's talk about the injuries. Like what, what ways were you dealing with those injuries and, and feeling and finding peace of knowing that, Hey, there's more than just being on court. There's a there's a life after basketball too. Yeah, um, man, that's a podcast in itself. But ultimately, yeah, I know, I know. I know. got so many questions. We'll be on here for another oh, a couple more good. hours. So I hope you uh, okay, this is going to be a marathon podcast. <laughs> We're going to have pretzels and Coca Cola at the hour. So stay <laughs> <Yes>. tuned. <laughs> so you know, going into the NBA. A lot of it has to do with opportunity yeah. and the context of where you're at. So had I not been in New York with the players that were around me, with the front office that ended up picking me, with a coach in Mike D'Antoni and a system that he uh, instilled there, you know, I might not be the same player. Maybe, maybe not. But I ultimately think that that was a huge benefit for me with my particular style uh, of play where I was able mm-hmm. to showcase it and fit into a system um, that really worked for me. And Mike D'Antoni is an absolute genius. And I'm, I got to say, I'm so like, not proud of him in like a fatherly sense or condescending sense, but just like <laughs> to see him doing well in Houston is just, it, it really, it really does my heart well. But getting back to, yeah, I guess the, the, the early on success um, that was there, but then like the biggest part of it was definitely the injury. And you all right? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. What happened? Did you have a spasm? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's crazy. Well, I'll cut this part out. I got a uh, like a no, marker. bro. You gotta leave it. You gotta you gotta keep it raw. <laughs> okay, we'll just go raw. Just the whole thing. I, I got this you marker to, board. You need to put like a little e next to the podcast episode for explicit for like <laughs> may hear clanging chairs or whatnot. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I got this marker board where I write like what I got to do to the for the day, things got coming up on the week, and it literally just fell. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, way to be way to be prepared. <laughs> Man, I got my great microphone up here, all my questions, and I got things falling around here. My house is falling apart. Dude, yeah, you gotta leave it, man. You gotta leave unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. You were in a great so anyway, flow right there. You were dropping knowledge on us. Now the rest of the podcast yeah. is just junk. Before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, uh, the, the, the injury, it's like, oh, dun, 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 like every time I talk about it, yeah. it, it was, it was life changing for me. Now, depending on your theology, whatever people believe, whether God ordained it or God permitted it, ultimately the good that came from it was unlike anything I could conjure up myself or anything I could conjure up in my mind for it. 
what God did through that injury um, for me was is really a miracle in itself. We're always looking for, awesome. I'll believe in Jesus if he writes my name in the sky or God, right. whatever, you know. But right. to me, the miracle of salvation and um, coming to know Christ in that time uh, is something that I, I just, I, I'm forever grateful for. There aren't enough words in this world uh, in any language to, to really express how thankful I am when I really think about what has been done for me. And it, it, it's been said that Jesus meets you at the end of yourself. And for me, myself and my identity was wrapped up in basketball, everything that came with basketball. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about, yeah. you know, pointing back to when it was the first time I realized I was in the NBA. Um, yep. And I said, you know, it was the first time somebody followed me on Twitter that was of a higher celebrity than I was. Like, that gives you kind of an insight into my mindset at the time. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really enjoying the fruits of basketball. Like I'm, I'm brushing shoulders with celebrities. I'm in New York City. You get invited to all these dinners and different clubs and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, um, to live for that and have that be the foundation of your life, ultimately it's going to crumble. Like that is not secure enough and it's not weighty enough to, to uh, anchor the entire foundation of one's life. So when all that came – crashing down with the injury because my game was really just going into, (laughs) into like six feet under bro. Like it was rough. (laughs) Like that is where ultimately God meets you. And it's kind of, you have to get, he has to get you out of the way of any and everything else that you're putting your hope in, in order for him to ultimately fill that hate to sound cliche, that piece of your heart that only he can fit in. And really it's your whole heart. If you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, but that injury was a process of me coming to terms with, I'm not in control of my life. The world doesn't revolve around me and to build my life on something other than the foundation of who God says I am and who I am in Christ, um, is foolishness. Uh, God ultimately can is the only one that can handle the weight of your entire identity and your enti- your entire life. So you had a process of me just struggling through it, but ultimately as that went down, basketball went low. God through Christ was being exalted, and that was something that I was just clinging on to and hoping through all that process, like. I can't see it. I don't know why this is happening. This is the most horrific mm-hmm. thing in my life. Like, yes, you compare it to other things that are going on in the world. But for me personally, in a relative manner, like that was the end of my world. But at the same time, God was growing himself through me uh, in, in a way where now I have this peace about it. Now I have a foundation that is set in stone. You cannot, well, hopefully, <laughs> there's some things that rattle me, but you can't rattle me as easily anymore because my hopes and my, my dreams and my mm-hmm. ambitions are not rooted in anything that is ultimately not going to last. Man, that so. is that is such a good answer. That is such a good answer. <laughs> Thank Even, you. I rehearsed that like a million times before you asked. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. I'm glad I had. I wrote that and sent that question over to you. We went through it multiple times. This is take number ten. No, <laughs> yes, really, no. man. You hit the nail on the head. Identity, not finding your identity as a basketball player, as in the NBA. Because we both know NBA players that don't go in the highs and lows. And if they have a good game, they score a lot of points, they're really high. If they don't, they're really low. And that's just, I mean, it's just miserable living. And you had to go through what, I mean, you could look at it as one of the hardest, most adverse situations. 
and you could have felt really sorry for yourself or just been angry at the world. But that's when you found true peace, really. And you, yeah. I mean, through adversity, through the hardest adverse times, you found your identity, not in the NBA, but in, in a child of Christ. That's, man. Right. That's, well, there was a point where I was angry at the world. I was angry at everybody around me. And um, a point where I was demonizing basketball. And for what I'm saying now is not too continue in the demonization of, of anything basketball, like basketball, like used for the right reasons is a gift from God. And it's yeah. meant for, you know, you know, your pleasure and your enjoyment. And some people are just the way they're gifted, like basketball. Yes. Like you are not fully you unless you're playing basketball. And that's kind of how it is for a lot of guys. But when it becomes the ultimate in your life, that's when it starts to uh, take, take the wrong spot and you start right that's when you start riding the waves of you no, know, how am I playing? If I'm playing well, then I'm well, if I'm playing poorly, then exactly. I'm just uh, feeling miserable. And like God is like, no, 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 no. Like basketball is not meant to be your God. I am basketball is just meant to be a gift. Like enjoy this gift, you know, that I've given you. It is a privilege. It is not the entirety of life. Life does not revolve around basketball, but it is a gift. And so these guys that are playing in the NBA should see it as that mm-hmm. or at any level, like mm-hmm. not everybody can play that. But I can't do a lot of other things too. Like other guy, other people are great and gifted at other things, and like that's awesome. So there's still good in it. Like we can we can turn everything for for the for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's that's really refreshing to hear. I mean, I, like I'm really good at doing podcasts and asking questions, but I don't want to put my whole like <laughs> life into it. <laughs> I don't know, man. We got things <laughs> dropping. Uh, we're losing connection. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's me throwing you through adversity and seeing how well you can work in the moment. I'm just, I mean, I'm Thank just you, testing you. Keep Thank me you. on my toes. That's exactly. Yeah, keep me it. on my toes. Big time, man. Thank you for coming on this podcast. That was literally the most fun podcast I've had. Seriously. <laughs> it was, that was fun, man. I, that was I a lot enjoyed of, that. I mean, I threw Thank a lot you. of things your way. Like, I, I, I dropped things all over the place, bad connections sometimes asking you long-winded <laughs> questions, and you still overcame all that adversity. Impressive. Impressive. Dude, you're doing, a, you're doing a great job, whether it is a good podcast, a podcast, or a terrible one. <laughs> Thanks, man. You gave a great interview, so thank no, you. <laughs> thank you. We'll link to everything in the show notes, and I'll tell more about your background and everything that I studied and um, stalked on you on Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, man, it's good, man. It's, yeah, yeah. I had to bring something. That was good. But but no, man, just just like uh, very blessed for your friendship and just seeing that uh, all the good things that you're doing with using your platform for Christ and and players that you work with and just people that you interact with on a daily basis. It's awesome to see the light that you are, man. And I'm not just not just saying I'm blessed for your friendship just because you're a Spurs guy and that's all the people I hang out with. But seriously. It's awesome to hey, see what you're doing in the NBA, man. And for the, I, I, as a father. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Are you trying to make me cry? Because I can't. <laughs> I, will cry, I will cry on the air right now. I have no shame. Hey, if we laughed and <laughs> no, we cried, that's when we never had a full day. I, I appreciate that, man. Those are very kind and gracious words, man. And it's a two-way street. Thank you. I value our friendship as well. All right. Well, I'll see you. Uh, yeah, see you Saturday. I'll see, I'll, see you, yeah, I'll see you Saturday, man. And I will get there early, and traffic will not get a hold of me. <laughs> hey, do you want, if you come early, I mean, how early can you get there? What's your plan Saturday? It's, you want to go grab something to eat? I think it's at 7, I think. 
I'll check. Uh, yeah, I gotta look too. I well, I'll let you know because yeah. got this whole family thing going on. I don't know. I, I, know, I wife, know. You know, gosh, I always get in the way of everything. Whatever. I do. Send them away <laughs> to the in-laws. No, I hear you. Appreciate you big time, man. Hey, man. Thanks. Hit, Thanks hit, me, on your, me. hit me on your schedule Saturday, and I'll see you then. All right, bro. All right. Peace. Take care. Later. Later. Thank you to Landry Fields for coming on the podcast. To say that was a lot of fun would be an understatement. Landry is a super interesting guy, as you can see, and defined by much more than just basketball alone. And what's really cool is seeing how he could have taken um, the negative of being injured and career-ending injury and turn it to an absolute positive, all based on who he puts his trust, who he puts his hope in, the Lord. And that's just part one. We got more Landry coming at you. And I like that first episode with Landry. Second one, yeah, even juicier. Like always, thank you so much, Game of Lifers, for out there listening, making this possible. And if you could, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Five star recommended. And let me know any type of questions you guys have. Anybody that you want me to have on this podcast, just let me know. Hit me up at davidnurse05 on Twitter. Send me an email, give me a call, whatever it might be. I'm very accessible, easy to get a hold of. I want to hear from all you Game of Lifers out there how we can continue to grow this together and just become the best version of ourselves every single day. And if you want the three-pointers of the week, you know where to go, dnabasketball.com. If you get there soon, very soon, you can get locked in for an early bird special rate for the whole year or just get a bunch of free stuff to learn on. The three-pointers of the week, everything that I'm learning on, behind the scenes, where I'm traveling in the world, NBA players I'm working with, all kinds of good stuff, the athlete of the future. Just check it out, dnabasketball.com, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Links in the show notes to everything Landry and I spoke about on this podcast in episode two coming at you soon. So thank you so much again for listening to the Game of Life podcast. And like Landry would agree with, life's a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game of Life, signing off.